Why do you fellas believe she call her black rock? No. no. We don't have reason. Got the blood of a whole lot of that general strike in 1913. They were batting into the ground and rings down by the harsh police. I love going down, down the Tarcastle Street, looking down the river, looking at the ships coming from all parts of the world. Good evening, everybody, and you're very welcome here on Rick Radio. My name is Davy Fay. And this is the second episode of Time Waves, a radio history of Dublin 4. As ever, we'll be, we'll be covering this historic part of Dublin from Ringsend to Irish Town to Sandymount and beyond. This week, we're looking at how Ringsend, Irish Town and Sandymount influenced one of the greatest works in literature of all time. But before that, our researcher, Torla Kelly, is going to roll back the decades in local history for us. So, Torla, what have you got for us this week? Well, Davy, this week we're going back in time to, this time 190 years ago, to May of 1832. Um, and we're going to hear about the death of a gentleman called Michael Murphy from Sandymount. He was an agent at the Royal Exchange Assurance Company, and he died suddenly at his home in Sandymount in early May. And this was national news because the rumour locally was that he'd died of cholera. And in 1832, there was a, an ongoing cholera pandemic really throughout the world and news of cholera showing up would, would, would spread panic. Um, Ireland was very, very hard hit by, by cholera in 1832. Uh, we're going to talk about Joyce later, but actually another great Irish writer, uh, Bram Stoker, uh, he was heavily influenced by his mother's descriptions of the cholera outbreak in Sligo this, in this year in 1832. So the fear in the newspapers was that cholera was, as they put it, ascending the social scale. In other words, that, that well-off people were starting to die of it okay. as well, which is why they were so eager to, uh, to assert that Mr. Murphy and Sandy Mount actually died of apoplexy rather than cholera. Um, so that was that one. Um, and I've just another brief story for you from May of 1932, um, more of a controversy really. And this was like the 1932 equivalent of calling in to, to Joe Duffy with a complaint because uh, certain hoity-toity local people in Ringsend <laughs> were uh, very concerned about kids playing street football. And they were taking to the pages of the Heralds to complain. So one letter writer says, walking through one of the main streets of Ringsend, one meets three or four football, cricket or hurling pitches which are a danger to pedestrians, cyclists and motorists. Um, he says it's happening from after school until at least 9pm. Since there is a park at hand to play in, there's no excuse for street football and it should be stopped. And there are loads of kids, uh, local kids, being fined in the courts for playing football in the street uh, at this time. And there's another misery guts who chimes in. He says uh, he agrees street football should be banned, but he also wants to complain about the crowds of corner boys uh, gathering at Bridge Street and Fitzwilliam Street, which is a corner so what else would you find there i suppose only corner boys uh and they hang around all day calling people abusive names so uh yeah it'd be great to see kids back playing street oh football definitely because I, I don't think that lasts very long because the, the, the street football was a big thing in the day and it was great to see and it, it needs to come back at some stage for kids to get out and play in the street and show something like it yeah. was in the day you know um so thanks very much for that tour look um this week we're joined by two guests to talk about Bloomsday and James Joyce's connections to the area. First up, we have a return appearance from Shay Connolly. Thanks very much for coming in, Shay. Shay, can you tell us how Bloomsday is being marked in Ring's End this year? Well, this is the first time ever that we've done it. Uh, and it's basically because uh, uh, the, the new Ring's End Historical Society group, uh, we uncovered that... Uh, 
James met Nora Barnacle here in Rings. His first date was in Rings End Park. Okay. It was called Rings End People's Park at the time, just before it, uh, it was developed. Uh, but it was a playing park at the time uh, and social gathering there all the time. Uh, so he met her there and uh, uh, the, the, there was so many letter correspondence between them for years after and uh, the... Their first date in Rings End Park was referenced umpteen times between them. So it has uh, very significant in the sense that uh, some scholars have actually say that she influenced the different correspondence between them, that she influenced a certain type of writing for James uh, and put a different slant on what the writings he had been doing previously. So um, nobody really knew anything about this. It's kept quiet because of the actual meeting in, in Rings End Park. It was somehow censored because of the reference to the letters uh, and uh, so we it's a unique co- uh, connection for us yeah definitely. Uh, and uh, we want to celebrate it like in <laughs> James Joyce walked got a bus through a certain street that they're probably celebrating uh, I'm from Shelburne Road myself originally and uh, James Joyce lived there himself and they celebrated so this is our first time in connecting up with with uh, the fact that James Joyce first met his first date was in Rings End Park. With, so this with is Nora this Barrett. is the first Bloomsday you've had ever through in the in the in Rings End. Yeah. Okay. So why do you feel like I mean to mark Bloomsday like in your own opinion like I mean for such a, a big character as he was, like why do you think it's so important, Shay? Well, uh, I think it's so as I said, everybody James does James Joyce official tours and anywhere as I said almost I know I'm exaggerating here a bit of hyperbole in saying that if he walked down the street they nearly almost celebrated. But we had this uniqueness of him meeting his wife for the first time and their first date was in Rings Park. And we hoped that we would be included now in the James Joyce official tours. And that, uh, you know, when it's like there's thousands upon thousands come over here to Ireland uh, with tourism in, in, because of Joyce. Yeah. And they do like the track. Uh, what he did and where he, where he went so we we would love to get onto the James Joyce official tours and we want people there's some people say like that people go through rings end and they put the foot on the accelerator oh really and it, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the like I'm, I'm talking about in regards to say the, the reference to the, to the books the, uh, the, like the book the actual Ulysses because it, it was it was very much a part of the book over here so why, why do you not feel that it's it's not a, a bigger part than it should be is it because of ignorance we, nobody knew anything about it. Okay. So I, I, I'm just saying that, and I'm saying that people, because of the tradition in Rings End, they put the accelerator down. And if we look inwards, as I said, there isn't a whole lot to stop for. So we definitely want to improve on that, that whole aspect of developing projects and everything for people and connecting with the unique history that we're uncovering at the moment. And... Uh, we we will have a, a fi- we're launching on the day we're launching a fifteen a map and tour guide for the first time ever for Rings End as well, so we we want the footfall to come in here yeah and we don't we don't want people putting their foot on the accelerator we want them to stop yeah 100%. and actually the same as we are uncovering now and to be able to see the rich history and culture and heritage that is here and uh, we we feel it's going to be very very attractive for tourists yeah. And come here, say, is there a link or how, how can people get involved in this? 
Well, as I say, the first we have a number of events yeah. uh, for the city to, to market. Uh, at eleven o'clock, we have a lecture uh, in Rings End Library by Cormac Lout, uh, and Cormac will tell you about that now in a second. Yeah. Uh, Twelve fifteen, uh, we have a brunch here, Bloomsday brunch in the community centre here, and that is the launch of the map and tour guide as well. The fifteen historical spots. At 2.15, we're actually doing a tour of the 15 historical spots. We'll have an open-air tour bus. And an, each spot has been narrated by uh, Cormac himself as well. At 4 o'clock, we have a local writer's hour, just to keep, you know, the connection with literature. And uh, we're asking all local writers, if you have poetry there underneath the mattress, stuck in a press, you take it out when you're tidy. Oh, I, I Even like their that. own stuff, regardless no, of what it's It's, it's their own stuff. We were, we're looking, oh, very good. We're looking for all their own stuff. And uh, uh, even a, t- a short story, 300 words. People don't have the confidence to do it. I've got two people who've applied for stuff and, and this, uh, they've made an application and the stuff is brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. And this following on from Thomas Gray, um, a local lad here who just dabbled almost in poetry and he's, yeah. after, he's after producing a book now so we're appealing to anybody don't leave it in your drawers folks don't leave it in underneath the mattress bring it out and we have that in the gospel hall at 4 o'clock to 5 on, on, on the 16th of June on Bloomsday and then we're finishing off today 5.30 with a ballot session outside the library and that will include uh, four different artists, ballad artists and we're singing approximately 20 Dublin songs having to do with Joyce the Docklands the, the Docks and Rings End and the okay. connection all Dublin songs and we have some lovely artists lined up so Very pro- good. it sounds like a busy be, day and a good day for people to, to, to turn out and give the support hopefully it's a, a day for Rings End let us show we have talent here tons of it Brilliant. let's show it off that's great Shay thanks a million so we're going to bring in Cormac Loud Cormac is a historian Cormac will be giving a talk on Joyce and Rings End as part of the Bloomsday and cel- Bloomsday sorry celebrations Cormac you're very welcome here thank you very much indeed and can I just say at the outset that I was absolutely delighted to be asked by Shay and the uh, Rings End District Historical Society oh, okay. uh, to give a talk about Joyce on Bloomsday and to that end we're going to be uh, having a an illustrated lecture in Rings End Library uh, starting at 11 o'clock on Bloomsday. Um, it's, uh, it's difficult to just look at Rings End uh, in isolation with regard to Joyce and Dublin Bay because, as you know, Joyce, most of Joyce's literary works concern Dublin. And there are a great many mentions about Dublin Bay in the various works of Joyce, and a lot of them actually uh, mention Rings End also. So, uh, I, I'm sure many of them actually would be very obscure and a lot of people wouldn't know actually what the, the, the things refer to. And that's what I'm going to be doing. That's my main purpose in giving the lectures, to try and enlarge upon the mentions that are made in the various works of Joyce. Uh, those rings end particularly, as there are quite a good few, particularly in Ulysses and uh, in various short stories also. And uh, I'll be enlarging upon that and I'll be showing various fairly rare illustrations in connection with some of those things. And ask you a question, Cormac, how, how different do you think the area was in Joyce's time? Like, I mean, in this day and age, do you think like the, the like kids, like youths now at the moment would would take in the likes of say the the, the, the writings and the the plays, poetry of, of Joyce now, or would they, like is it is it still there? Do you think that they they'd appreciate it now than they did then? I'm not 
percent sure that people read very much nowadays, or that all that many of the younger generation would be aware of Joyce. Certainly, people of older generations like myself, and even well, good, I'm fairly old, <laughs> but uh, younger people than me, perhaps up to a certain age, would be aware. Uh, I've been a great devotee of the works of Joyce now for a, a great many years, but on my principal research. Uh, efforts and lecturing efforts uh, concerned maritime matters. Yeah. And uh, but nevertheless, I uh, I've had a copy of Ulysses that I bought in London in 1966. It wasn't really available in Ireland. It was never actually banned. I was surprised to learn, like a lot of other books. And I've had it all over the world with me uh, in my travels, and I got to the stage now where I can open it at any page. So I've I've teased out quite a lot of references. Uh, and a great many of them are in connection with uh, matters that I have actually researched. Okay. For instance, uh, the, um, the 1895 lifeboat disaster is mentioned in it, and I did extensive research on that. Okay, can you tell us a bit about that? That, uh, that mention, in, there's a famous passage in Ulysses, uh, it's one of my favourite parts of the book, actually, where Leopold Bloom and Stephen Dedalus are in the, uh, the cab driver's shelter at Butt Bridge okay. and they're having a discourse with a sailor and it mentions the uh, the 1895 lifeboat disaster. Now it wouldn't be very familiar to a lot of people although it's fairly well known in parts of Dublin Bay but I'll be enlarging upon that and uh, various other things that I mentioned too uh, for instance Leopold Bloom uh, when he's looking over the uh, the sea wall in Sandy Mount. Yeah. It's another famous part of Ulysses, a very well-known part, where Leopold Bloom is looking out to sea, looking at the Kishn lightship and musing about it. And while, while he's leering at Gertie McDowell and Sissy Caffrey, uh, I have to be fairly delicate about this, uh, indulging in self-stimulation. <laughs> oh, it's a right, very, okay. very amusing part of... Uh, <laughs> Of, of Ulysses, but he's actually musing about the case light and various things that happened. And one of the things he muses about is the uh, thing called the, the, he mentions the Ireland's King. Yeah. It was a famous day tripper in Dublin Bay. Now, that would be a very obscure reference to a lot of people, but I'm going to enlarge upon that because I've great photographs of it. And in addition to that, he mentions the, the, the terrible disaster that took place to a man called James O'Connor uh, in 1890. Uh, when a whole lot of uh, an entire family were wiped out from eating shellfish in Dublin Bay, and I wrote a very extensive paper on that. So I'll be mentioning that because again, that would be an obscure reference to most people. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, those are only just a couple of things now that I'm going to be uh, be talking about. Also, Shay uh, mentioned brings in Park there. Um, there's a very um, it's, it's a rather contentious issue, some of the letters that Joyce wrote to his sweetheart, Nora Barnacle, were yeah. never intended for publication, and they're of a very personal nature. And one of them describes their first date, uh, where they actually wound up in Ringsend Park, or what, what ultimately became Ringsend Park. It was a de facto park, but it wasn't laid out in its, in its formal way that it is now. And they were never intended for publication, and subsequently, uh, some of Joyce's uh, descendants... Uh, got a hold of them and sold them for publication. And I think perhaps they should never have been. And I'm certainly not going to divulge the content of that, although we will mention it 
and I work my way around it, but it's a little too personal, I think. But that's right. Why, why would you disagree with the publication of it? Um... It's, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit. It would be regarded, perhaps, in, in the public library, it would be regarded perhaps as a bit too saucy. You know? oh, okay. And, uh, I, I let people find out for themselves. I'll mention the fact that you can actually read these things online, and I mentioned the fact that uh, because there's there a very, very, very personal nature between Joyce and his wife. Is the woman who ultimately became his wife. They were never actually intended for publication, and I don't really want to add to that, you know. So yeah. as I say, I let people. I mentioned the fact that I but uh, it's 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 really only a peripheral to the actual story of Joyce and Ringsend Park. What have you? I'll be talking a good bit about Ringsend Park itself. And he's lived in a couple of places around Ringsend. Um, Carmel, could you mention that uh, one or two that was around here? Maybe Shay might be able to. Yeah, but can he, you come he, in here, Shay? Yeah, well, he, he, he lived about. Yeah, he, he lived about twenty doors. He he lived for a while, about twenty doors, uh, on sh- up from where I was born in Rhode. Uh, where was that? On Shelburne Road. To be oh, right. perfectly honest, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, no matter where he lived because his his family were continually on the move. They weren't upwardly mobile; they were down downwardly mobile. The family's fortunes were going into a long, long, steady decline from being fairly wealthy, not wealthy, but well-off middle-class or middle-class people. Uh, they were wound up in a very bad way financially, perhaps due to Joyce's father's fondness for the bottle and stuff like that. I, th- I think J- J- James, was, James was out at the... I think James was uh, he was away from the he'd left the the home set he was on his own he was he was in a flat there in Shelburne Road. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I I think he lived in I think he lived also in a flat in Sandy Mount as well. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll also be mentioning uh, a great friend of Joyce's, uh, Oliver Sinjin Gorgerty. He wrote a very fine poem about Rings End, which I'll be mentioning. Very good. It's called Rings End. And, and of course, as you know, uh, Gorgerty is. Uh, the person upon whom Buck Mulligan was modelled when they were living in the town Joyce's Tower, in the tower, what's known as Joyce's Tower, in Sandy Cove. I'll also be mentioning Stephen Dedalus's perambulations along the Strand and over onto the South Wall and all the various mentions that are made there before he winds up in the cabman's shelter along with Bloom. And it, I, I was reading some of the, some of the uh, history background of Joyce myself, um, Cormac, and he was seemed to, he he seemed a bit kind of lost at times reading about him. Like he, he, he lived in, in Paris, uh, Italy, and he ended up in Zurich. He passed away in Zurich. Yes, and in actual fact, my son lives in Switzerland, and he only just the other day paid a visit to the grave of James Joyce with, his, with my two grandsons. Oh, very good. Some pretty fine photographs of that. He, he was a bit lost in the sense that he, he regarded himself as uh, as a different class of literary person, and uh, you have to tell you, you have to bear in mind the sort of literary atmosphere that the you know the, the the moral atmosphere, I suppose you might call it, that existed in Ireland. It was Victorian and Irish. Uh, in its way, and he, writers like him were a bit too avant-garde for, for uh, most people's taste at the time, you know? Yeah. 
and uh, he felt that he, he wasn't really appreciated in Ireland. And he started, he went to places where he thought he would he would have a, be a freer spirit. Yeah. He up in Paris, of course, with people like Hemingway and Sylvia Beach. No, he was really in his element there. But in actual fact, um, his wife repeat, uh, repeatedly asked him to give up writing and concentrate on singing because, as you know, he was a wonderful singer. He was a beautiful tenor. Yeah, I read something about that, okay. Yeah, he seemed to have a couple of talents apart from being the writer he was. In actual fact, he came, he came second to John McCormick, uh, the famous Irish tenor, in a, in a competition in the Fesh Gold. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've actually heard a recording of Joyce singing tenor, and he, his son, Giorgio, was a fine operatic bass. And I've heard a, a lovely duet that they sang. Recording. Unfortunately, there aren't very many recordings of Morris of Pity. Uh, but I, he would have actually made it as a concert tenor had he concentrated on music now instead of uh, literature. He was. He, he wouldn't class him as an operatic tenor, more of a concert tenor. And I, as well, another fact. Um, well, I don't know whether it's a fact, Cormac, but he, he was he one of the the first to introduce uh, cinema in Dublin. He was involved in. Actually, he managed, he managed one of the cinemas, the, the, the very early cinemas. Uh, he didn't actually organise it, as far as I know. I think he just managed it for somebody else. I can't remember now exactly. I think it may have been in Mary Street. Uh, it, was a, it was a very popular sort of medium at the time. And they were, they were springing up all over the place, actually. Moving pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to bring in Shay here. Shay, would you like to... Elaborate there for a second. <laughs> yeah, just on on the, the the ballad session that we have to finish off today. Yeah, uh, I, I wrote a song actually about the meeting, the encounter. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, with James and uh, Nora, and uh, that's the the meeting that's subject to all types of interpretations. So, uh, could you give us a couple of bars? No, I couldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. Uh, it'll it'll be sung outside the library on the on the evening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's just Actually, Ronnie. Ronnie Drew did a wonderful recording of a, a ballad from Finnegan's Wake, um, and it's it's almost unintelligible to read. But when Ronnie sang it, it sort of made a lot of sense. <laughs> Have you heard the one humpity dumpity? <laughs> we filled with a roll and a rumble. <laughs> well, the, the name, the name. The, we might be able to get somebody to sing that for us on the day. The, the name of my song is uh, "You Made a Man of Me" because that was the reference that in all the correspondence uh, afterwards good, yeah. that uh -huh. he that he said to her, "You made a man of me." Oh, very good. And that's the name of the song. Yeah, that's brilliant. So we have a lot going on here uh, coming up in Ring's End. Um, with this, uh, the Bloomsday, and it's brilliant to see with the the the, the guys doing it, doing a lot here with Cormac and Shay. Um, so it'll be a lot of poetry, singing, uh, reading stuff like that. Possibly a few drinks here and there. Shay, what do you think? Um, well, we we will be. We're hoping that all. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're hoping that. Incidentally, I, I I got up a little poster for the uh, talk in the library on Bloomsday. And I put on the end of it, uh, Joycean air address optional. <laughs> so if you have a straw boat or, or a, a Valaka can <laughs> or a dicky boat, you can wear it. Well, we, we will be asking all the businesses to decorate their place. Uh, we'll be making a tour to them next week. We're visiting all the business and asking them to, to play their part on the day. And we would hope that what would come out of it would be a, a business community forum. Uh, 
that they could look at uh, stuff like this, yeah. where they could attract fo- increased footfall into the area. But we we certainly believe that this is the the jewel of uh, a way of getting uh, increasing footfall into rings, and the bi- the bi- it'll be the businesses that will benefit out of this as well. Uh, so we're hoping that after this, the, the, uh, a business forum will be set up, yeah. and they will look at attracting any type of people. It's it's all in self interest, if I it's may say so. It's in the interest so. yeah. of, the, of the actual community and the business people, as yes, you said. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Listen, lads, that is brilliant. Actually, to hear what's like, it, it's it's intriguing to see it coming back to Ring's End, you know, um, and it it. You know, as I said, it should have been probably here a long time ago. You know, um, whereabouts is it? Is it going to start? Uh, Shay, where, 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 where well, where's the meeting point for people? Well, on the 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 meeting point, uh, well, as I said, the first one will be Cormac, uh, his lecture in the in the library, and then we just cross the road here to the community centre. But the fifteen tour spots, uh, yeah. we start that on Sean McMahon Bridge, and the. The gathering for that is in the Grand Canal docks there. Right. That's the only place we could gather. I'm sure we'll probably get a spillover from the, uh, the people who will, will be attending my talk in the library anyway, in that regard, you know? Yeah, ho- hopefully Cormac, yeah. But the, it, uh, Dublin City Council are producing the uh, the brochure with us, uh, so they'll be advertising as well. So so we could have a big crowd, so we had to make it Grand Canal dock for safe assembly and that, you know. So the first will be uh, Sean McMahon Bridge, it goes right through. It, inc- uh, it includes uh, Ma- the Margaret Cow Memorial that was unveiled last That's year. That's right, that was the last uh, year. Yep. And the 15 so. it goes down to the Pigeon House Hotel, the Pigeon House uh, Fort, uh, the, the rowing clothes, the, it, en- it ends with St. Patrick's Church and the famous glass window by Hardy Clark. And uh, we, we go to the Butler's Hall, uh, the Graven Ducks, the the what they call it, the Waxy's Dargle, uh, the Seaman's Monument, uh, the William Ashford Memorial in Irish Town on the Green there. So it's 15 historical spots and it's a, it's a map and tour guide as the Irish Town Nature Park is in it as well. So, uh, and the, the reference to history in all these spots is phenomenal, you know. And yeah. there, there, there's links to other parts of history, like as we said last week about Stella Gardens, where we visited the Margaret Kill. So you- I, can t- I can tell you, as far as history is concerned, we'd be only scratching the surface because yeah. Ring's End is just alive with history. It's, it's tripping with history. Uh, and a, a very unique history of that. It's a very unique place still, and it always has been throughout history because it, it developed in isolation from the rest of the city, and it still has that very unique character. And the people are very unique <laughs> that live there also. Thanks, Carl. Even though there's a new <laughs> influx of people coming into it all the time, nevertheless, it has retained its its village character, and it has retained a lot of its historic character uh, of bygone days. So we could be enlarging upon all that. Well, that's brilliant. That's lo- That's a lovely thing to say about the area, Cormac. And as a as a, sorry, Shay. Yeah, no, I just want to make again, a correction because I yeah. know I know I'll get knocked around. I I wasn't born in Shelburne. I was born in South Lots in Ringsend. They call me a runner in. I was born in South Lots. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm just I'm protecting myself here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, sorry, I'm going to uh, bring Torla Kelly in here. Well, uh, yeah, well. Now that you've given me the, the very kind <laughs> invitation, um, I was just thinking as as Cormac was talking there about uh, about Joyce's connections with the Ring's End, there are a few 
it's, it's more around Sandy Met really, but there are a few locations where he did live because he was very peripatetic at this point of his, of his life. But there's a few uh, plaques around Sandy Met of houses that he, he did live in, um, albeit very briefly. I think one is on Jamard Terrace. So uh, yeah, if you want to get a bit of a bit of authentic um, Joycean atmosphere, it still probably looks much the same as it would have done in his day. Um, the other thing I was just thinking, they always said, or, or Joyce always boasted that you could if they ever, if Dublin was ever destroyed, you could rebuild it from the pages of Ulysses. I've read that, okay, yeah. I've gone along with that. Well, it was always said that the one mistake he made in terms of geography was in Sandymount, because um, that notorious scene on the on the beach, uh, he references uh, the sounds of, of a choir drifting out the windows of Star of the, Star of the Sea church. Um, and people have said, of course, that the beach is, is too far from the church to to actually hear that but in those days the beach was actually uh somewhat closer but he was still wrong because those windows don't open and they never did <laughs> yeah you have to you have to indulge in a little bit of uh, artistic <laughs> literary artistic license there i think yeah, but the, the, the topography of sandy belt has changed greatly since joyce's time because a huge amount of the place has been reclaimed since then like sandy Mount beach extended much further towards irish town back in the day Cormac, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us today. And Shay and Torlach, absolutely yeah. fabulous. Very interesting. And as I said, we'll, we'll uh, put up a, a few links uh, for the, the Bloomsday after the, the show. If you want to contact us at any stage through the programme, radio 2020 at gmail.com. That's um, great, yeah. And it's my very great pleasure, Andrea. Thanks for the invitation. Come along. That's no problem, Cormac. Sorry, we're going to just put a link here for, if you want to say a shade, yeah, shade, Just in relation to, to short story in the poems, if you can just uh, email your piece to Ringsend Historical Society at yahoo.com and as prizes for the first three uh, picked chosen. Uh, so Ringsend Historical Society at yahoo.com. Thank you. That's brilliant. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will be here next month, and we will look forward to seeing you. Take care. Would you rather have Ringsend? Got the blood of the whole lot of that general strike in 1913. They were batting into the ground on Ringsend by the harsh police. I love going down, down the Tarcastle Street, looking down the river, looking at the ships coming from all parts of the world. 